All right, what we're going to do now is transition toward uh, the time of hearing from the living word. We're going to read from the book of Romans. Uh, or no, no, it's Acts. It's Acts. We switched that. It is the book of Acts this morning. We're going to enter into the participation of the gospel as it hits the early church, the way they begin to wrestle with how is Jesus showing up, and uh, particularly pointing us toward the sacrament of baptism. Um, So who's my reader this morning? I think it's Luke. Luke is here. Luke's going to read from Romans, and then Sarah is going to lead us in the homily as we prepare to then ultimately move toward baptisms. Um, A reading from Acts 2. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. Today is such a special day. We are so excited and honored to celebrate God's goodness and faithfulness in the life of these families that will be represented in baptism today. And so I just say welcome to all of you, um, family and friends that are with us, and to all of us that are a part of this church community because this is a special day where we get to pledge our support and love and care for these families that are represented in baptism today. And here at the parish, we practice two sacraments. We practice the sacrament of communion every Sunday. And during the month of November, we're going to be leaning in and talking more about the sacrament of baptism, about the sacrament of communion, and how um, in communion, how we receive Christ, how Jesus nourishes our souls through communion. And then the other sacrament that we get to participate in and celebrate together as a community is the sacrament of baptism. And we do that a few times a year. And so today is one of those days. And so today is a really special day because we get to participate and celebrate in both of these sacraments today. Um, And a sacrament is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace that is given to us by Christ. And um, in communion, he is giving us himself. And um, in baptism, the the outward sign is the water. And the inward spiritual grace that he is giving us, he is giving us um, death to sin and new life in Jesus. And so that is what we get to celebrate today. Baptism is a public act that tells the world what God has done for us, not what we have done for us to get here, but what God has done 
for us. And so we, we ask ourselves, well, what leads us to baptism? What leads us to the place of wanting to tell the world what Jesus has done for us? And so in our passage this morning that Luke read for us, um, in verse 37, it said, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so when these people heard Peter preaching, they heard the good news of Jesus, they heard the gospel, and their hearts were moved and changed. And they came to Peter and said, what do we do? Now that we have had this stirring and this, um, we, we are being changed, what do we do? How do we respond? We want to respond. And Peter tells them how to respond. Repent and be baptized. And so we too want to respond to the gospel. And the right response to the gospel is repentance and faith. And we bring Jesus our repentance and we say we want to turn away from our old ways of being. And we, we put our faith, our allegiance into Jesus and his, and his sacrifice for us on the cross and his saving, his mercy and grace that saved us. And so we come with our repentance and faith, and repentance and faith is what brings us to baptism. It brings us to baptism so that we can tell the world what God has done for us. And in baptism, we are plunged into the life of Jesus, and in by doing so, we enter into Jesus' death and resurrection. In Romans 6, 8 says, But if we have died with Christ then we believe that we will also live with him. And if we fully want to enter into the life of Jesus, we must also enter into his dying and rising, into his death and resurrection. Um, in baptism, we die to our old selves and we are raised to new life in Christ. And this starts at baptism. We experience, we enter into Jesus' death and resurrection. And then as we continue to live out our baptism for the rest of our journey, for the rest of our lives, we are continued to come up against more opportunities of dying and rising um, dying to things that are not of God that are in us and rise to make space for rising of things that are of God to come up in us and who we are in Jesus. Um, and so here at the parish, we are a dual baptism church. And so we celebrate infant baptism, we celebrate adult baptism, and any age in between. And I have a former past, the former pastor and friend of mine, um, Rennie Scott, recently told me that there are two paths to baptism. There's the nurture path and the conversion path. But both paths have the same gift of grace from God in baptism. And so the nurture path refers to those of us that were raised in a Christian household, we were nurtured in the faith from a very young age. We were nurtured along the way, and as the child grows, so does their faith. 
A three-year-old faith is precious, and an eight-year-old faith is precious, and it grows and it expands, and they have multiple opportunities to respond to the gospel as they grow. And the conversion path is, is, points to some of us who had an encounter with Jesus later on in life. And how the the redeeming love of God came to us and changed us, and we responded with repentance and faith. And a lot of us come from church backgrounds that emphasized adult baptism. And so we have a better picture of what adult baptism looks like. And so sometimes that can be confusing. Infant baptism can can feel confusing when we have this really clear picture of um, what adult baptism looks like. And I know for me it felt confusing when I first came to the parish several years ago because I had had grown up in a tradition that um, emphasized adult baptism. And it's really taken me, being in this role as your family pastor, to have the space and the time to lean into the why of infant baptism and to learn why do we, why do we do this in the Anglican church? Um, and so I have there, I've done a lot of reading and, and learning and um, I have two books that have been excuse me, that have been really helpful to me as I have leaned into the why of infant baptism. And um, the first one is The Anglican Way by Thomas McKenzie. And the second one is It Takes a Church to Baptize by Scott McKnight. And Scott McKnight is one of our canon theologians for our diocese. And um, both of these books have been very helpful to me and is where I have, I have gotten a lot of these ideas that I am um, speaking, speaking on today. So I just want to share for a minute, why do we practice infant baptism here at the parish? Um, and infant baptism is, an, is as ancient as the church itself. And there are multiple references to entire households being baptized in scripture and in the early church. And so after Peter says, repent and be baptized, he goes on to say in verse 39, for the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord God calls to him. And I love that. The promise is for you. It's for your children. It's for your family. Parents who are walking in the way of Jesus, we raise our children in the faith. And therefore, the same promises that God makes to us, he makes to them as well. And when we, when we baptize infants and young children, we are saying, you are welcome into the family of God, and you are adopted as a child of God, as we all have been adopted as children of God. And we believe that the Holy Spirit plants a seed of grace in that child at baptism. And yes, that seed is going to need a lot of nurturing to grow and to flourish and to one day sprout into a faith of their own. And in the case of infant baptism, the parents are the ones who are bringing their repentance and faith to baptism. They are bringing the, the way of Jesus and their response to the gospel into um, the, to make the baptismal vows on behalf of the child. 
And we have a wonder, we have beautiful ways of marking these special moments in our spiritual journey. And so as, as parents and as church community members today, we get to pledge to these families that we will nurture their children, that we will disciple them along the way. We will love them. We will support them. We will teach them. We will pray for them. We will point them to Jesus over and over again along their journey. And that's a, that's a really important thing that we as a community get to do. It's sometimes it's more communal than we might think it is. And then one day when the child is nurtured in the faith and the child gets to that point and, and we, whatever age that they might be, that they are ready to make their own profession of faith, they still get to do that. They get to make their own profession of faith when they are ready to say, I want to follow Jesus. And it's kind of like the parents passing the baton to the child, and they know that they get to have their own relationship with Jesus, and they get to lean into that Jesus saved them. And they get to have that moment in, um, in the Anglican church. They, um, it's in a confirmation service. And the confirmation service is actually a part of the baptism service. And the reason it's a part of the baptism service is because you get to see a really good picture of, the, of, an, of an infant being baptized and the parents saying those baptismal vows, committing those baptismal vows for their child. And then you get to see an older child who is... Um, and who is confirming their faith. They are confirming those baptismal vows. And they get to say their own baptismal vows that their parents said when they were younger. And so they get to have that own special moment of marking, marking their faith and marking um, their journey with Jesus. And it is, you know, in some churches, it's kind of like the eighth grade thing to do. Like when you're in eighth grade, you go through confirmation. And I really believe that that's not what this is about. This is about when the Spirit is working in that child's life and they are ready to say, I want that. I want to pledge my allegiance to Jesus. Then that's when they need to be confirmed. And sure, they could be 13, but they could also be 15 or 18 or 25 or 50. You know, and so we want to um, we want to make sure that we make space for um, to to mark that in the life in the life of the child. And so before we head into baptism, I just want to remind us that no matter the path, the nurture path or the conversion path, both journeys start with the grace of God, and it is the same gift of acceptance and adoption that is given to us in baptism. And our repentance and our faith lead us to baptism, but the inward grace is all God's to give. And it's, that is a really, it's, clear, it's really clear when we see an infant being baptized that it is all God's grace. Because that infant can't do anything to, to earn God's grace. It is all a gift. And I don't know about you, but as I've gotten older, I just get worse at receiving gifts. Especially the more special the gift, the harder it is to receive, right? And because what I'm always doing is, well, what, what do I need? I, I want to make sure I give, I give a good gift back next time to that person. 
And so when we come to baptism, we don't have to give anything. We just get to, oh, sorry. We just get to receive the gift. (laughs) We just get to receive the gift. And so today I want to encourage us as we, um, there's a part of the service where we get to, we get to reaffirm our baptismal vows. And so I don't want you to um, rush over that. That's important. We get to recommit our lives to Christ. We get to say yes to Jesus again today, all of us here in this room. And um, so I want us to think about that as we, whether we're saying our baptismal vows or whether we're reaffirming them, but that we would just really sit and remember and receive the gift that has been given and the grace that has been given Um, And I love how, you know, Jesus says we must become like children to enter the kingdom of God. And I wonder if that has anything to do with it and how we receive his grace, how we receive the gift of his grace and how we don't come with our own strivings and our own um, trying to earn, trying to earn his grace. And so I'll just end with this, that it's just, it's by his great mercy that we are all accepted and welcomed into his family, no matter what age we are. And so we're really looking forward to um, heading into baptisms. And so I'll call Jordan up and we'll get that way.